Adam. We had the opportunity to talk to Nick Coyle and Aaron Fink returns to the show um, of Lifer. We had a chance to talk with Aaron a while back about his band Earshot. Uh, so we heard his story a little bit more again, but you can check out his entire story if you check out the Earshot episode with Aaron Fink. But we learned all about Nick Coyle and how Lifer formed. They talked about how the band was originally called Strangers with Candy and how an MTV show really got them on the map. They were on this MTV Battle of the Bands, like Battle of the Cover Bands type television show. And they talked about how after they're on that show, they won the show. After they're on the show, every venue they're playing, there's thousands of people, lines around the venue. And with that came major labels knocking on their door. They talked about signing a record deal with Universal Music, Republic Records, having to change their name from Strangers with Candy to uh, Lifer, putting out their self-titled debut record. Aaron and Nick both show us their gold records that they had, or they earned from the Scorpion King soundtrack. They had one of their songs on there called Breathless, and they scored a gold record for that. They told us about how the band ended up breaking up, and then reforming about 18 years later. And after that 18-year hiatus, all of the brand new music they have coming up. Talked all about that as well. You can watch our interview with Nick and Aaron of Lifer on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. You can also go back and watch the old interview with Aaron from the Earshot episode. Once again, those are both up on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. We'd love it if you'd subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Lifer. This podcast is all about your guys' journey and music. And obviously, the cool thing about this is you what got back together. What after what a handful of years, right? Like doing like a thirty <laughs> years, a, a, a few handfuls of years. <laughs> well, it's at least twenty years, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, like eighteen, eighteen uh, ish. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. I love the new stuff that you put out too. It's really cool. Thank you. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Um. So awesome. Well, Nick, we've heard from Aaron. We'll get back. We'll get to Aaron. Though I love your story, so we'll we'll, we'll recap a bit. But uh, Nick, where were you born and raised? Um, I was born here in Pennsylvania, Northeast Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, I've lived here pretty much my whole life. I lived in California, like in San Luis Obispo. Um, oh, sure. I'm from California originally. Oh, nice. I lived, I lived there for like first and second grade and then, okay. um, and then to New Jersey for about a year or two, but then pretty much always here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Very cool. You know, it's funny. I don't know, Aaron, maybe the last time we talked, I might have been in San Diego still. I think I was. Maybe it was a different So I, I, I vaguely remember you saying you were moving or something. Yeah, we finally got to Nashville. It took like five days of driving. But if you notice all the stuff in a room, <laughs> <laughs> all, you brought, all you packed was one Blink-182 poster. And a record. Yeah, and a gold <laughs> record. <laughs> yeah, that's all I needed to pack. But yeah, so we're here now, but it's cool. I've so San Luis Obispo, that's like kind of a college town. Um, my father actually worked for this company, Bechtel, that built power plants, nuclear power oh, plants. Wow. So like pretty much everywhere that I've ever lived, I've been in a, a vicinity nuclear. of a nuclear power plant. Yeah. That is awesome. Including right now. I mean, if you look out my door, you can see it from my house. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't realize that there is, there's there a lot of nuclear power plants, power plants, I can't speak, in, in Pennsylvania? Uh, 
I don't know, maybe two, Aaron, okay. three. Yeah, there. I mean, <clears throat> there's one by him, and then obviously in the '70s there was one that was made famous called Three Mile Island. Okay. Um, yeah, familiar. Because it, it had, a, it had a like a, a melt, either a meltdown or an almost meltdown or something. I forget. Oh but my gosh! I think that was before our time, but. There was one in north of San Diego. Uh, if you're driving up towards LA, yeah, and it was like two it looked like two big boobs. Like that's the one. <laughs> was that El, uh, Diablo Canyon? I, I maybe, it, but it there's there's always this thing. Like I remember, when, like specifically, like when 9/11 happened, people are like, if that thing blows up, yeah, if it, like the wind is a certain way, it's either gonna take out all of San Diego <laughs> or all of LA, and we're like yeah. super paranoid about it. Wow. Yeah, I remember 9/11. Um, here like like all of a sudden their national guard was here and yeah um you know it, there was people with machine guns protecting that whole thing so it was yes. wild it was scary for sure for sure well um aaron you were you're from pennsylvania as well i can't i can't specifically I, um, remember that's yeah. what i thought so nick and i grew up i don't know half hour or so from each other okay but we, we didn't know each other until we were like um probably about 20 or 21 or something. Yeah, I think we oh, were really? Yeah. Okay. Where did you guys meet? So um we had a band. You know, it was like, I mean, if you want to get into the music stuff, it was like Yeah, original, I'd love to hear the story. The original it. version of Breaking Benjamin, we kind of started in I think 1998. And then Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and that kind of um the, the singer uh, left and then we kind of um, somebody in the band was like, dude, I know the perfect guy is Nick Coyle kid. I was, I didn't, I didn't really know him. And we never, our path, like I said, our paths never crossed. And then um, he, he, he called him up and he came down and jammed with us. And like right away, we were like, this is, this is awesome. There was like a whole vibe to it right away. And, the one thing I, I actually remember about that day is the first song that we ever played together was um, a song by the band Live. Yeah, um, I remember. I like Live. Yeah. Which one? Right? Pop. Yeah, I think. Yep. Yeah. That's that's like I specifically remember that. But that's the only thing I remember about that day, except that the vibe was cool and and um, so we were kind of off to the races. Um, and that was like the the beginning of this band lifer that was like day number one and song number one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you guys kind of did you start off kind of as a cover band? I did read that you kind of got yeah. on the map I mean, due to that. Some you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to play around here, especially, you know, at that time, there wasn't yeah. many all original bands. Um, so, uh -huh. you know, to, to play a night, you had to be able to do two or three sets so oh wow so you know it was a lot of learn. you know we'd have our own songs but then uh -huh. you know you'd have to surround them by these other songs because you had to you know you had to play three hours so there wasn't a lot <laughs> of like clubs that you could like five bands would be on the bill and you'd play for 45 minutes no there really wasn't a lot of those types of shows i mean there was battle of the bands types things like that mm -hmm. but there wasn't really many uh you know multi-band bills like there is now you know i think that that kind of became at least in this area you know that that's yeah. always right it wasn't like you new york city where you do a little showcase and, and there's you know biz people in the audience <laughs> play your 20 minutes this was more like 
Um, you're, you're playing for bar patrons for, you know? for like 10 to two and you really cut your teeth and, and learned how to how to roll with the punches you know and, and like, yeah you have to play stuff that the audience you know likes and it's kind of built in uh-huh. to kind of win them over to give your own stuff a ch- like to give it to give it a chance so <clears throat> they'll be like oh they can play that song pretty good maybe i'll listen you know what i mean it's kind of yeah you kind of had to win them over but there wasn't like teen centers like i'm, I'm just thinking growing up in san diego there's a few venues that you know local a lot of local bands could play and they'd play their own songs for half an hour and you, you know they're i mean i started band, i started playing in bars when i was 13 so oh my gosh okay you know <laughs> I, was, I was doing those full three three, three set hour things sets. yeah at, at that age which you know, in hindsight, you know, I learned a lot from that, you know, uh-huh. it, you definitely learned, like Aaron said, you cut your teeth learning, you know, yeah. how, how to roll with the punches with these different people. And as it gets later in the night, people get a little friskier, you know what I mean? I'm sure. You know, they Screaming want stuff out. Yeah. yeah. You know, play, you know, Freebird. You know, play, play Freebird, you know what I mean? You're playing had, you know, the chicken wire in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've definitely done, you know, some, some questionable places over the years, you know, sure. like totally, you know, well, I was ca- just, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just telling Aaron recently, this wasn't too, too uh, long ago, but uh, I was playing this, uh, it was like a water park, and it was all bikers that were naked. Oh, it, it, it was like a... It was Biker like a, nudist? Yeah, it was like park. naked naked bike fest. There was like, you know, I showed up there, you know, I, I wheeling my stuff in there, and I show up, and, you know... There, there's literally like this 70 year old guy rubbing rubbing sunscreen on his balls when I'm walking in the door. I'm like, wow, so this is how, how today is gonna go. And then yeah, so that that was that was pretty interesting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, look at this freak. He's not even naked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In in between my set, you know, I had to talk to people and while they're standing there completely naked, you know. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. It was wild. <laughs> like eyes up here, eyes up here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> well, Nick, what was the first instrument you learned? Like what how did you get into music originally? Um, well, my father played in bands and stuff as well. So like there was always guitars laying oh, around cool. and um we always had a piano. Um so I you know, I took I guess I took piano lessons as a kid, you know, but like, you know, learning you know, minor things, just kind of learning what the notes are and stuff. And I think I was probably like 10 or 11 when I really started playing the guitar and, and just becoming interested in, in music, you know, and then I got a drum set. And um, you know, like I said, by the time I was 13, I was playing in bars. As Were you just in different bands, like with kids in your like neighborhood or school? Yeah. Like- so it started, um, you know, there was, some kids my age that like, you know, we we're all like 12 and we all kind of learned how to play together and learned how, what it was like to be in a band together. And then, um, that's there was young. Some, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then there were some local older kids that were like, I'd say like the two guitar player, bass player, they were like 16 and the drummer and other guitar player were like 17, 18. Uh-huh. And they were looking for a singer. And at the time I was really just like a guitar player slash, I would sing if 
you know, we really didn't have defined roles. Like the one guy sang, I sang, it was uh-huh. just like whoever wanted to sing that song did. And um, these kids came over and saw us rehearse and they were like, oh, that's our singer. So by later in that afternoon, they called me and they were like, hey, do you want to join our band? And then within like, I think it was like three days, I was in this little recording studio recording their original songs that like, you know, they had, we did our first tape. It was a cassette tape back then. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, So yeah, within five days, I was in the studio and working on, you know, a a soon to be EP that we released. And, you know, that kind of started the whole journey of that thing like where it was like oh here's my tape and then we played mm-hmm. shows and you know I, I got the bug like that you know like i it just i just knew it was something that i was gonna do sure so, when, so what was I, it like going in the studio the first time was that intimidating or was it weird hearing yourself oh uh, yeah it was weird it just kind of all happened really fast you know it was like like i said it was like five days next thing you know i'm in this little studio um, much different, much different than it is now, you know, with computers and, and whatnot. This was actual tape. Uh, yeah. You, you had to perform, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you had to do that. So, you know, Aaron and I both, you know, we came from that school of, you know, learning. You have to learn how you have to play the stuff. Yeah, now you have to actually <laughs> be able to do it. Right? We yeah. <laughs> Full takes and, you know, yeah. things thought, like right? that, you know, like. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, I've had people come up to me and, um, it's like a weird backhanded compliment. They're like, you sound just like your album. I'm like, well, yeah. What, what else? <laughs> it's like, those are the guys that played on it. What else would it sound like? I mean, there's like this weird thing now where you don't have to be able to do what, what the record sounds like. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that's. I never, I, I don't have that mentality. Like, <clears throat> yeah, of course, you know, I mean, this band, we, we roll a little, like, you know, like a little synth part or some percussion, but main, the main, like, and we used to have a DJ in this band and we, uh-huh. and he's now the drummer. So we compensated for that a little bit with a little ear candy and some noises, but the main, the guitar, bass, drums and singing is done by, you know, live. It's still a very live band. Yeah. Right. The, the four main ingredients are live. And so, <clears throat> but yeah, it's just a different school of thought. And, you know, uh, kids these days, they don't <laughs> have to be able to do that. So there's no, I guess they don't, you know, there's they, no urgency to do it. You know, right. right. It's a, I, you know, you also what? don't have to memorize anyone's phone number anymore. So why would you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I guess it's the same. Mental. that's funny you bring that up because i only know i know like my wife's phone number and like my parents yeah. and then okay. one of my friends growing up because he, he was the only one i'd remember to like dial and he's never changed his number but i you couldn't tell have. you anyone else's phone number yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my folks had the same phone number they did when i was a kid so yeah never forget it yeah. you bring up an interesting point though with the you you know you guys sound like you did on the recording and you're like, well, yeah, I recorded the record. Yeah, it's, it's like, well, why wouldn't you? But people, I think people are more even aware people that aren't recording artists, so to speak, that they just kind of know that music can be punched. I don't know. I feel like people are more aware that there are auto tune and other things that can create a record well, without being able to actually. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. And you can be really into a band in their you know studio environment and like their recordings, I guess, 
it's up to to the the listener or the consumer like if you go to see them live and they're like terrible then mm-hmm. that's up to you whether or not you still really like that band or you know i think that's even less of a thing now these days too it's like i i feel so many they people have accepted the fact that someone just walks out on the stage with the microphone and the music is just playing you know uh-huh. like you know when where we came from you know you had you had to play the instruments i mean i remember when millie vanilli got caught and their yeah. tapes skipped, oh, you yeah. know it's like or, girl you know it's girl you know it's, <laughs> but, it, but in hindsight that's like child's play compared to what's going on yeah i mean right. you know? <laughs> I heard something about, I think it was Red Hot Chili Peppers when they played the Super Bowl. Like, you have to play to a recorded track. Like, you're not allowed to play live. I, th- I think so, right? There's just too much that can go wrong at the yeah. Super Bowl. So, like, event. Flea would just do, like, he was, like, not even holding his bass. And he was just kind of, like, making it so obvious that he wasn't playing live. Like, I think he just did it as, like, a subtle, like, you know, middle yeah, little jab Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I always thought was fun. I mean, I, I guess I get that, you know, it's, you know, the, as the production gets the size that that is, you know, it's not really a, a concert as much right. as it is like a multi-million you know, dollar event. event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's a different thing. And I guess it would just be cool to be picked to do something like that, you know? Sure. So, so Nick, what band were you in when Aaron was so Aaron you were doing Breaking Benjamin you said that those guys you guys started together earlier like in 1998 I didn't realize that yeah right so and, then so Ben left and then I joined and then Ben came back to Pennsylvania okay and then um at that point we were lifer um, actually actually our name was Strangers with Candy at that point I did yeah. read that which is such a rad name because the <laughs> show was so good I, <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, so, that name. so there we uh we we won this mtv contest um and how did you get involved with the mtv contest um we had been playing like you know like regionally like uh like the tri-state area mm-hmm. um like we were in new jersey and uh we did the show and somebody came out they were filming i believe for this like tribute band thing and we opened for this metallica tribute band okay and i guess while we were there somebody had seen us and then you know it was like a week or so later i believe somebody from mtv actually called my house <laughs> it was, it was just, you know and this is at a time you know where mtv was mtv you know yeah, it, was, it was like the biggest thing on the planet if yeah, you're on mtv so, it was like so I was like, this isn't MTV, you know what I mean? So I like took the guy's <laughs> phone number and I called him back just to make sure it wasn't someone, you know, like yanking my chain. And uh, sure. so I called him. Sure enough, it was Viacom when they answered. And I was like, all right. You know, so I listened. And then, uh, yeah, we went and did this this ultimate cover band. They didn't really know what the rules or I think initially it was supposed to be like, we were supposed to pick one artist and then it was supposed to be around like a tribute band type thing. Oh, so and you, then, were, like, you had to kind of like dress the part, so to speak. Um, I don't know necessarily dress the part. Like it was all kind of vague in the beginning of what the, the show was even going to be. And then right. it just ended up being like a cover band contest. So they were like, okay, what's well, the ultimate cover band contest? Um, what songs do you guys want to do? So we, pick we had to do like a hip-hop category a rock category 
pop category. So we, and then you had to arrange them into these, like, what was it, Aaron? Like 45 seconds or. I, I didn't remember that we had to do categories, but now that you say that, that makes sense because we did like, aha, which I guess would have been the pop song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, we did jump around by house pain. So that was, oh, cool. that was like, right, yeah. And what'd you ask me? Would oh, I was just saying, I was just saying short. It, it was like, yeah, we had to arrange it to, to like 45 oh, seconds. Yeah. We had to like make little snippets of the songs. Yeah. It was just like, you literally like 45 seconds here, go play. Boom, 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 done. And then it was like Eve, Mandy Moore and, uh, <laughs> Uh, what's his name? The singer from Third Eye Blind. Oh, Stephen Jenkins. Yes, yes, they were they were the three judges. That's so, funny. And it was like so televised. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a it was a two hour show on MTV. Oh my gosh, I need to look this thing up. I wonder if it's on like YouTube. <laughs> I could it it was, I think it is on there. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so yeah, like that thing, and so we want we ended up winning that, and oh, wow. um. And from that, when it aired, literally like overnight, our shows went from, you know, there being like 50 people at to like thousand people at every every show, whether we were in Jersey, New York, Maryland, it wouldn't matter. Every we just show up, there'd be a line around the block. So that kind of spilled over into labels getting interested, being like, who is this band? Uh-huh. We happened to have a, an EP that we just released. So they saw, you know, we were an original band as well. And um, yeah, next thing you know, we were, we were um, meeting with, with labels and the president of universal came out to a show and he was like, I, we'd love to have you guys on board. And that, that's how we became signed to universal. Wow. And then the strangers with candy show, um, because it was a show on comedy yep. central, they uh-huh. were like, there's too much, you know, legal liability. Yeah. (laughs) So we had to switch the name to, which we, we switched to driver. Okay. Um, And we did one song on this, take a bite out of rhyme. Um, It was like a rap tribute, rock tribute to rap Mm -hmm. thing. So it had like um, stained and uh, dope. Seven okay. Dust. Um, okay. I actually had, like the, I like their song that they did a lot. Who said Seven Dust? Yeah, they did uh, "Going Back to Cali" by L Cool J. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Like, it was like a sick cover. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we were, we were called Driver for a minute, and then there was actually this band from Allentown, which is probably about an hour and a half, two hours from us. Uh huh that we never heard of before they were called driver and they oh, were God. like, so cease we got this. You. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got a cease and desist letter. We were like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, so <laughs> we, we, like, you we have off- no following. Like, what? No. <laughs> Dude, we, we offered them, I, I forget how much money, but it was, it was at least $10,000 for the name. Really? And, yeah. They Cause they didn't bite. No, they would not. They would not wow. sell it. So, you know, if you ask those guys now, they'd be kicking themselves in the face. Right. Because <laughs> I don't right. remember any band being super successful named Driver. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So there was then, a movie. Yeah, right. But that's funny. You offered so, them 10 yes. grand. Oh, 10 my gosh. Grand. I mean, at least. It might have even been more. I think it was 10 grand, though. But 
Um, yeah, so then we were like, all right, Lifer. So Lifer was a band that that I had been in like in the 90s, like late 90s. And we didn't really play many. We played like two shows or something like uh-huh. that. But it got to the point where it was like, all right, well, I could prove that I used this name at this before date, at yeah, this yeah. date you know what i mean so, so you uh, own a copyrighted it so to speak so, yeah so it was like well let's and then just the other it. guys in that band sent a cease and desist letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. did they really no i'm just kidding oh, <laughs> I was like, oh my god no and they took the 10 grand <laughs> and they, they took it. Yeah. oh wow i'm curious real quick on back to the the mtv thing like did you feel like because you had won this contest and now all these people are showing up to your shows that you had to, you're kind of in this box of now you have to appease people as being a cover band. And was it harder well, the, to like implement the funny your thing own was, songs? Is it wasn't, it, it was almost immediately after that we decided to not do covers anymore. It's oh. like, we kind of just used it, it. It quickly became like a half and half type of a thing. It was okay. like, we did our, a first set of like our songs or then like, you know, a greatest hits set, if you will, of cover mm-hmm. songs that we did. Yeah. I um, think too, at the time we, we did that, sh- we agreed to do that show. We didn't really, first of all, I don't think we took it that seriously, but like also we also knew that we were, you know, writing our own songs and they were starting to sound really good and, and people, um, enjoyed them and so we always had that mindset of that's what we really wanted to do but I think doing the covers and stuff a little bit was to kind of make money to pay the rent a little bit you know yeah so that was sprinkled in that makes sense I mean but yeah and then I think once we got won that show and then we had some notoriety I think it quickly was like okay, that's cool, but we don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> right. Immediately we went into the mindset of like, let's write a million more songs. And, um, but yeah, when- I mean, I think it aired in like February and by May we were signed to Universal. And they, so, I'm sure they signed you on your original songs. I would imagine, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you yes, know, they, heard I, I, they, they did. Yeah. We sent them a but demo. So. I'm sure. I'm sure the notoriety of the MTV thing didn't hurt at all, you know, cause there was definitely a, a buzz happening. Was a buzz, you know? right. So, but in that same regard, I mean, if, if you sent them a record that was just trash and they would be like, sure. well, this is a great cover band. Like you guys should stay in that lane. Like, yeah. you know, we're not going to put a record out of you covering a bunch of songs because it's not going to make probably any money. No, there was paying. no, there yeah. was no talk of anything like they that. didn't even want us to do any cover songs. I mean, yeah. although we ended up doing that take a bite out of rhyme thing, but other than that, that was just there was no talk of like, hey, let's pump up this cover band. It, right, yeah. right. So it sounds like they obviously saw something. Yeah, you had probably some obvious buzz because you're on MTV, but right. to come back and listen to the record and say, this is good. Like, this isn't just a band that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. They just know how to cover songs really well. Right. And I think they saw that we were kind of using it as a catalyst to do something that we wanted to do also. Mm-hmm. So I think they, they noticed that, um, that it, you know, it was not planned out, but like we just took advantage of the situation and like kind of pulled the switch from cover band to, you know, cause we never really considered ourselves a cover band, but we were just doing the things that we right. had to do 
to do, you know, but in the eyes gotta, of maybe the the world or the, yeah. you know, they probably would have assumed that because they're like, oh, well, they won this cover contest. But then, yeah. it's, well, we have all these rad songs and obviously Universal was on board. Was yes. that a big moment for you both? I'm sure signing that contract. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, was, at the, they might still be one of the biggest labels in the world, but at the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were huge. And um, then we got signed, I think, to a little subdivision called Republic, which had all these great um, pop. Just, which is not very little now. I mean, they have like right. they have yeah, Taylor I, Swift, I think. Yeah, right? Republic is huge. They, they might have, yeah. I think, The Weeknd, Billy Eilish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right Drake. It's a little label now. Yeah, yeah but, but at the time, it was just it had just been started. Yeah. Wasn't was Slayer on Republic? I have a, like no, they're on American. They're on American. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just they have a similar logo. I remember with the flag. Yeah. Republic did. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but still, I mean, being on Republic, that did they at this point? Well, first off, I want to know: Did you like call your pa- parents, your family, like, hey, you know, this music thing is it's working out? We just signed this <laughs> company. Like, yeah. Um, I always, I kind of was. I don't know if I was trained, but I had it, you know, you're, I always did music. I was always, you know, good at it. And everyone will tell you, you know, at least back then it's like, yeah, you'll never make it. That's a, like a pipe dream, mm-hmm. go to school, you know, learn <laughs> sure. a trade. And so I kind of had that imprint, like, yeah, I loved music. I was super passionate about it, but I had it kind of ingrained into my brain that, I will probably end up doing something else. And mm-hmm. so, so pursue that. So music to like, when we got the record deal and all that stuff, I was like um, surprised that whatever my whole life, what everyone told me was like, not bullshit, not <laughs> but it, like, it wasn't happening to me. So I was like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> like it was like against all odds kind of, you know, it, we beat the odds, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially coming from a little town, like, right. We're not we're Los from. Angeles. We're not mm-hmm. New York. You know, we're like these hillbillies from Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're saying there wasn't even like little punk clubs to play. I mean, that I was so much to, yeah. yeah, we're playing bars that they're in 13 to cover songs. And now we're signed to Republic records. Like, <laughs> yeah. What a huge thing. From there, yeah. did they put you like, when you sign the contract, it's like, okay, we, we just signed this deal with a major label. I'm sure you're pumped. Do they put you in a studio at that point or what, what, yep. what's the next move for them? So we went to this, um, we got hooked up with Alex Lifeson, who's the guitar player in Rush and he became the producer. Oh, wow. Yeah. We sent him the demos and he thought they were really cool and he could hear like what they else they could be. And then, okay. Uh, before that, then he came down to, um, our home base here in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And he like, um, I guess kind of just stayed down here for, I don't know, a couple weeks. And we kind of like ran through songs and cleaned them up and sussed them out. And then we went to this recording studio in Massachusetts called uh, Longview. Is that what it was called? Longview Farms. Yeah, yep. yeah. Which is an awesome place. It was like out on a horse farm and they had like a big barn and, and um, a farmhouse that we lived in and, um 
So that's kind of, that kind of all happened fairly quickly as I remember it. And, um, uh, you know, we went up there and recorded the songs with him and, uh, that was it. And then, um, after that was when it started getting weird because <clears throat> it was just like, it never seemed to come out and it just kind of sat We recorded it in, in November, I believe of 20 or, uh, of 2000 um and then it was a self-titled record correct yeah yeah okay um and so it wasn't until august of 2020 or 2001 that it was released so i mean there was almost a year almost a year there but i mean i guess back then there was definitely a lot more setup time and things like that for for bands you know like the internet wasn't i mean it was around but it wasn't it isn't you know what, what it, it is was. now yeah, sure um so there was that you know and it but we did you know i think starting in the summertime we did start to go on tour um to build up to that release and we made a video and stuff like that oh yeah. wow was was it like a video that you put on like for mtv was, did, yeah, that, did they pick it up and stuff I don't know if it ever aired on MTV, maybe on MTV two or something. It might've been. Was it cool shooting a video? That must've been pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah, that was cool. Um, The funny thing with the video is it was done by this guy, Sam Erickson. I believe that's his name. Um, And he, he did the, uh, that one video, the first video for John Mayer as well. Wow. Um, What's that song, Aaron? Uh, I want to yeah, the, through, uh, I want to yeah. run through the halls of my high school. That one, that song. Yep. So the video is actually like the same video. If you watch, <laughs> if you watch both videos, <laughs> it's like different guys. In the- yeah. yeah, it's it's like the same concept. Is like they took, is like slightly bigger budget for the the uh, John Mayer John Mayer one. He's like, but, I got this great idea. I used it about ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, no like, it wasn't like even ten that. days ago. Oh, it was that quick. It was like <laughs> right at that same time. I mean, oh, you watched, man. if you watched both videos, you'd be like, holy shit, this is the same video. Oh, that's funny. So and really, was, John Mayer had been around since the. Oh, I mean, I guess he had. <laughs> I think he was just starting. That's yeah, it so was. Funny. It was just. <laughs> Wait, so yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. He's, okay. John's the same. Uh, it make. I mean, John's. Is, I think is the exact same age as Nick and I. So, okay. He was getting famous in the late, very late nineties. There. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So what was the first tour that they put you on? Was it like a support tour with a, a bigger band? Yeah, or? We were with. Uh... Saliva and stereo mud. Oh wow! So that and was, sy- was systematic. Wow. Um, well, saliva was, I mean, bigger on that time. I'm yeah, sure, that right? was right when um, you know, all the those those big songs that Saliva had, you know, click click boom and all those. Uh-huh. Um, so that you know, the shows were great. Um, and then we went from that to touring with Cold and Dope. Oh wow! Which is how you're I met. In- Aren't you in cold? Yeah, that's how. So that's how I met Scooter from back then. Oh wow! Um, so we've just remained friends for the last twenty years from from that tour. Honestly, really, and I toured again with them in another band I was in in like two thousand nine. Um, but yeah, we've just stayed friends over the years. That's like cool. A few years ago, he asked me to play guitar, and yeah, I've been doing that ever since. I did interview uh, Lindsey Manfredi 
from oh yeah about her book the mm-hmm. unfuckwithable i think it was is what it's called yeah um, yeah she's super cool and she told me that she got an in in cold because of a tattoo that she had yeah she had a cold <laughs> tattoo and they were like we need a bass player and she's like yeah. i play bass You're in. You're in. <laughs> which i thought was hilarious <laughs> that was the audition just the, <laughs> the tattoo <laughs> i got i got one here too somewhere there we go oh rad i love that logo it's so good that's cool yeah i mean it's crazy how many people have it tattooed on them you know we play these shows it's everyone's got it yeah that's the that's a brilliant logo because it can it it's exactly cold but it could also just be like a spider design that you liked it's like you know what i mean it's not like exactly specific like uh, the metallica logo is exactly only that but that's like kind of ambiguous and can be yeah mm-hmm. and it, you know it's a it's, fucking spider it's cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so the you guys but how quickly you guys weren't around a whole like a long right. period of time right only a few years right so honestly we've been we've been back together, together. Longer. yeah we've been back together longer than longer. we were together the first time <laughs> okay and aaron behind you you got the scorpion king yeah that's record the, isn't that from the lifer this band yeah yep. so tell me about that that's i'm sure you have one too nick that's rad yeah yeah so one. they so, um so i believe that was a universal or a republic release <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. It was a like a compilation album, and then uh, we had a song there called "Breathless," and you know the big band on there. Let me read it. It was like Godsmack, Rob Zombie, Ozzy. Wait, Rob. Uh, The Godsmack song was the single off of it. Yeah, Creed, Nickelback. So those and System of a Down. Those and actually, there's a lot of big bands on there. Ubastank. Wow. So there was like, you know, a lot of big bands and we were kind of like the unknown guys <clears throat> on that record. And, um, you know, that was a really popular movie. Mm-hmm. So I think it also made the soundtrack popular. And yeah, Godsmack had that one. What was it? I Stand Alone? Was that the song? Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah, that was a big song for them. I didn't realize that was off the soundtrack. That was only on the soundtrack. So. Right. And that's part of the That's part of the reason you know the success of that record because it was like you had if you liked that song you had to buy you know back in those days you had to buy that cd sure to get that godsmack song that wasn't available anywhere else tricky right yeah that's cool i mean that's how you guys are on that soundtrack and you got a gold record out of it right yeah yeah. and that's huge i remember going when it was released like we went to the movie theater to watch it because we're like oh shit our song's gonna be in this movie was it even in it no it's not <laughs> even in it at all really like, th- th- there's none of the bands are in it it's all just cinematic scoring there's no there's, right. that's it's, weird. until the, the very like, end when the credits roll oh, the credits like, roll staying alone you know? <laughs> i'm like really you just sat through that whole fucking movie <laughs> but yeah soundtracks yeah. were big around then though i remember like godzilla Green Day had like a remix with like Puff Daddy or like he had a song on <laughs> one of those Godzilla soundtracks. Like people would buy the soundtracks back then. Yeah. Time. Yeah. They used to be a big, a big thing, you know, but we now, you, you know, That's once, huge. once these, you know, once iTunes became more prominent, you know, and they split those albums up where mm-hmm. you didn't have to buy a CD anymore to 
to get that one song. You right. Just you buy, just the buy, one. buy the single. Yeah. And now you can so, just stream the whole record without paying anything. Right. Yeah. Screw all you guys over totally, which is yeah. so horrible. The artists but. show up at your house and play and acoustic shows for free now you know? right right <laughs> so, well okay well uh, the band breaks up i don't know if you mind talking about that at all or how it kind of no. unfolded i mean you're right so um a little bit you know to go dark for a minute here so our record came out like right before 9 11 okay not like really really that was like a weird time. Anybody watching this that's old enough was, you know, like an adult at that time remembers mm-hmm. how fucking weird everything was. Oh yeah, it was crazy. So that like, like we all we kind of like right before that we we're like fuck yeah we're young guys we're in a rock band let's rock out and play hard rock music and scream and 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 you know and and be you know you know crazy young guys partying and stuff and then that like put a whole damper on everything and yeah the tone changed and it was like oh do we really want to go and like jump around and scream and at a rock show at the moment so kind of like uh you know obviously there was all this more important stuff going on and people lost their lives but like just on the trickle down effect to being in a rock band at the time it really changed the mood Mm-hmm. and tone of everything um at least for a while and then there was like you know some internal problems and the one guy left and it was just kind of like a weird um like a bad you know kind of chain of events and mm-hmm. um so it got it got a little weird there and uh um you know i left the band as well and then these guys carried on without me for a little bit. I think yeah, and then y'all changed the name right after a while. <clears throat> yeah, I think we continued his life for, for another yeah. maybe another year or so. Um and then it just the sound of the songs we were writing then and that just didn't it didn't have the same exact thing. Like it was just a different it was a different you know, different, different members members, it's just a different thing. So we switched the name to my downfall. Okay. But, um, and then that's when, you know, those guys joined Breaking Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron actually, you know, like he said, it was kind of like rejoined, rejoined Breaking right. Benjamin, which, which now is a different set of members than right, right before. <laughs> <than> the first <laughs> time. Yeah. Um, you like, know, they're on version four. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like this area, it's like, like I said, it's a small town, um, small area. Uh, you know multiple towns around here but it's a small area so like the good people always you know i've played with congregate i've played with every member of breaking benjamin in different bands like i I was in the band with jeremy hummel i was in a band with um chad saliga um you know so <laughs> it's 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 a strange thing you know even mm-hmm. ben i've known ben for a long time he's um, I've known Ben longer than than Aaron, actually. Ben wow. and I no, were no, we went to high school together. No, you've known Ben longer. I'm I've known Ben longer than I've known you. Oh, totally. Um, so totally. yeah, like, I used to play in the past, never crossed. I yeah, I used to play in bands with, with Ben when we were like 15. Right. Um, and that's how I, I played with the guy who ended up pulling me into. The, the band with you guys 
Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's just it's a very incestuous type of um, thing around here with with, with sure. bands and members. Well, I guess it's if you know the people and they're good players, you know, it, you don't have to go like and you you kind of know if your personalities clash or not. I would think that that's kind of has to do with it, too. Right. Yeah. Taking somebody in that you might not know. And then you're like, OK, are they going to vibe with us? Now we get to sit in a van with this guy for X amount of months or, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's when shit gets. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> yeah, like, like so when you see like in I always see in movies that they they put the ad in the newspaper and then they hold the audition. Like I never I've never done that ever. So like where that's like to me in the movies like L.A. and New York. So like the what he's getting at is around Pennsylvania. It's like y'all just know somebody uh-huh. and and you're in the, you know. Yeah, yeah. you never like he's in the paper <laughs> like with a guy's yeah, number no, on it. Right. So it's like all um, it's all kind of um, just I guess who you know, but it's also you get the gig because if you're badass or not. There's right. no like newspaper ad. Sure. No, sure. I, mean, not, I don't, I can't think if I've ever auditioned. <laughs> I auditioned one when I played for, uh, I, I ended up playing with the dude from Filter for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I was playing with Gino Leonardo. Yeah. And, um, we had the same lawyer and, and, you know, I had spoken with them, but it was an actual come on out here to Chicago and, yeah learn these songs and, and, yeah. you know, we'll tell you if you get the gig or not. And, right. you know, like I got, I went out and did it and got the gig. Like they were like, you dude, you're the guy, you know? So that, that I do remember auditioning, like being but, nervous, like, cause like right. I, I love filter. I was like, Oh man, I hope I get this gig, you know? So I, nice. You know, that's cool. That's cool. And I'm sure you knew kind of when you were there, if they're like, you know, you're the guy, it's not like, Oh yeah, we'll call you. You probably know at that point, you didn't get the game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like, we'll, that, we'll call you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll call you. No, in that instance, they were just like, yeah, if you want the gig, you got it. So I ended up just staying there. Um, I didn't even fly back. That's cool. I actually packed enough shit. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm going to get this gig. So I'm just going to pack enough shit to stay. There you so go. That's kind of how it worked. Nice. <laughs> Latitude. Yeah. <laughs> Put the vibe out there. <laughs> yeah. Either that or I was staying at someone else's apartment for a little while, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so you guys got to back together as life for what, ten, about in 2010 or so? And did like a couple shows? We just did one show. It was okay. like, that was just, you know, it really was just like, a, let's do it for fun type mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, so we did like an acoustic type show mm-hmm. um, in 2010. And, and then we didn't really discuss it or talk about it until, I guess, 2018. Oh, okay. Was. What was it? What happened in 2018 that you decided, hey, we should get all get back together and try to uh, get this band back off the ground? It, honestly, it was just more it was just kind of something to do. Um, we, none of us were doing anything at the moment. I mean, I believe I, yeah, I was in cold. Um, but it was just it, like, let's play a show. It's, I think it started off with Aaron and I were just going to do an acoustic type show. Um, and then we're like, let's, let's see if Tony wants to play drums. And then it just became this bigger thing. And 
And then instead of it just being acoustic, we did the first half acoustic and then we plugged in for the second half. And, you know, everyone, it, the show was sold out and everyone was just, you know, really into, there was a vibe and there was this whole thing. And we were just like, man, that was fucking awesome. So, you know, we let's just kind of, right. yeah, let's just keep doing it. So that's, it really just got, you know, started again because how much fun that we had that first that first show and you know we're, we're continuing to have fun together and and we did we did at that i remember at that juncture we asked all five original guys um if they wanted to do it but it it turned out just being nick myself and um tony who uh to, to clarify for the audience tony so tony used to be the dj in this band and then he was always like this secret weapon because he's also happens to be a, like a really good, great drummer. So, um, you know, a little bit of the rock rap with the DJ kind of thing is a little bit, you know, a little bit 1999, right? Sure. <laughs> so we were just like, well, kind of, why just do the drums? Um, so he, he switched over and so now he's the drummer. So that, so between the three of us were, you know, the original cats. And then we hired, um, our buddy, Mike Morgan to, to be the bass player. So that's the lineup now. And so that's all you guys came back together in 2018. And then was it from there on that you've just stayed as a band and, you know, most recent or more recently released. Yeah. We've been putting out songs and, Uh Then uh, the you know twenty twenty happened, so that right. Yeah, I was just <laughs> telling Nick. Just I, was like, I was like, every time we try and do something, some crazy, just oh. like <laughs> national tragedy fucking happened. <laughs> I'm like, god damn. So like, um, you know, it's kind of funny and kind of not at the same time. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so obviously, yeah, we kind of. Actually, we didn't take last year off. We just kind of, we took a year off from playing shows, but we were. We were writing and recording stuff. Recording stuff. But um, so we're trying to get back into doing some shows here and there. And uh, we actually have a show next weekend. Um, oh, oh, I did see that. Yeah. Aren't you playing your whole record? Your first record? Yeah. Yeah. The 20th anniversary of that. Right. So that it's is kind of dope. A full circle kind of thing. That is so cool. <clears throat> How is it practicing those songs again? Was that like all the way through? Is it? I mean, we've been we've been playing this. You know, like we only have one record, so when we do shows, we, we have to do <laughs> yeah. the, the majority of the songs are from, from that, that record. record. So you know, we we have been playing those songs, um, but there are, there are a few that we haven't. Um, so it, it's weird to play them in order. I don't think we've ever played the album. In like the sequential order, like that. there was no reason to, right? <clears throat> um, well, I so, know that you're both in different. Like Nick, you're in Cold, and Aaron, you're in Earshot, and we—that's what we talked last time was about that. Yeah, band. yeah totally. Um, so I know you have different things going on, but like, where were you at when the pandemic happened? Were you guys writing this new music that has came out recently? Um. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I think over that yeah over that period of 2020 you know we just we started kicking ideas around and sending things and um you know then we kind of narrowed it down okay these are a few like let's work on these and then we got together and 
worked it out in a room. And, um, I, I feel like that's, you, you know, the best way to do it. Like get a little live spin on things. You know, both of us write things or all of us write things and some more done than others. And then we, we, you know, we give them to each other and trade things back and forth, but then ultimately we get into a room together and, and, and give it that band feel. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I, you know, I think that's kind of missing in a lot of stuff. Everything's kind of done so much on a computer these days. You know, no one's even in the same room or in the same state for that matter when they're recording albums. So it's, you know, I think it's important to have a, you know, that that live band sound feel type of a thing. So these weren't st- songs that you had to like send a track over to Aaron and then he'd put his guitar part on and throw it back to you. And no, no, we went to Aaron's house and, and um, tracked up the drums the old fashioned way. And we played all in the room together. And, um, you know, then we, we layered things in there after the fact too, but you know, it, it very much has that core of a live, a live band. That's cool. What was it like putting a song out for the first time in what, like 18 years at the time? <laughs> I'm sure people were stoked. Was it? Yeah, people were into it. Um, So I right. So the first song was called "The Start of Something Else," which is like the perfect title to have it be your first song and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have like we're not the biggest band in the world, but we have like this little cult kind of. I would say kind of described as like a cult following. Mm-hmm. And so they're like really into kind of whatever we do for the most part, you know, nine times out of 10. But um, so that's, that's cool to have that. Obviously we would like to expand that and not, mm-hmm. we also we're, we're, we're like trying to make besides, you know, next weekend we're doing 20 year anniversary. We're, we try and make a point of not being like a nostalgia, like heritage act. We kind of like are writing so in my opinion, our new songs are better than the old ones, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So yeah. we're trying to not be like, you know, those guys from way back then. We really, right. <laughs> we really want to do, make sure that what we're doing now is, is cool and relevant and, you know, <clears throat> um, like when we play live, it, it has energy and, and, and we're rocking out. It's not just like, you know, four middle, four middle <laughs> eight, all, all thumbs up there, you know, like trying to re- yeah, re- I mean, we're all the fire. Like we're trying to, it's like, it's like legitimate fucking. We're still playing it, at a high level. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I think, I, yeah. I th- feel like all of us are better than we've ever been before, you know? So like, totally. you know, that it helps that, you know, we didn't take, we've never taken time off from playing music. So it's not like, let's dust off the, uh, dust right. off the gear. And, yeah. You know, yeah. if anything, we've been playing more and more and done different things and yeah. learned so much more mm-hmm. for, since that time. So it's just applying, you know, all the things we've learned to, to now this new old band again. Right. You know, all, so. those, all those years of shared life experience, you know, all together. Um, but yeah, like he said, it's not like it doesn't have like a high school reunion feel to it or something. It feels very like um, fresh. Uh-huh. It does to me at least. You know? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it's not like you guys have been sitting around doing something else and then you're like, no, you know, it's been 20 years. Let's just go and do a show. On the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. 
is it um is that just going to be a one one show thing or is it something you like do you have any plans to tour anytime soon with the band or um i mean we like we'd like to tour you like know it's 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 tough you know it's yeah. a, it's it's not a you can't just pick up and just go you know there's all kinds of you know different money isn't you know right <laughs> all that um you know i mean right now I, we're doing this cold tour in the fall so oh yeah uh, i saw that you, so you're gonna be gone, gone for a while yeah a few months um and then you know and then we'll resume doing what we, you know, what we're doing, try to, you know, we're trying to get back out there and maybe playing some, you know, regional, more East coast type stuff. You know, we're, we're, at, we're in a good spot where we're at, you know, we're kind of located within a few hours of, you know, New York, Jersey, mm-hmm. you know, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. So we can hit a lot of big markets um, with a short amount of time. So I think, you know, we're going to start focusing on that and try to get out and, you know, branch out from there. I don't think a world tour at first. Right, you know right. I mean, but you know, just try to get out there and to, you know, play outside of this area a little more. That's awesome. And what about a record? Is it just because I know you just recently recently released a single, but are you yeah. put these together into an album or I think it'll eventually I think it'll become an album. I mm-hmm. mean it's 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 a weird thing right now is that you can release a record and, and everybody will consume that record in one minute, you know what I mean? Or, you know, the length of an album and they'll be wanting more where I feel like, like people. It's like binge watching like a Netflix show. Right. Yeah. You give so, it all to them on the same day. It doesn't have, I kind of like to, I'm in the mindset now to space them all out. But the singles. I do like, you know, I would prefer it to be an album that people would just like, this is the piece of art and this is the world we're going to bring you into. But Mm -hmm. people have such uh, short attention spans these days. You know, they might get three songs into the record and then, you know, (laughs) they, they come (laughs) back, they come back a week or maybe they don't come back. You know, it's, there's so much music to listen to. So I think you see more and more people, I think they call it like drip releasing a, a, a record where it's, you, you're basically, you have the 12 songs, but you just put each song out individually. And then all of a sudden, then the record's out. Yeah. So then you you kind of give everybody or every song its own chance, you know, yeah. rather what? than to have the song glazed over mm-hmm. or glossed over, um, you know, like, if you release a, a 12 song record, you know, there's going to be those B sides. And now, now there's not really B sides anymore. Right. Know? Which is interesting. Cause I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Cause I come from a radio background and it's like back then it was like the radio is going to push this one single to you. And yeah. then hopefully you'll buy the record. And then people are calling and being like, why aren't you playing this song on the album? You're only playing this one. Like this song isn't the best one. And now people have a chance to really, absorb if you're doing it that way absorb every song and kind of make their own decision on which song is their you know personal favorite instead of what you guys say this is going to be the single and then yeah. here's the full record yeah like you're, it's almost like I don't know. yeah it does it gives it gives attention to every song i guess right. you know and it lets people which in that sense it's good because you know, how many songs do you write on a record that you love as an artist and then people are just like Oh, we just like this one song or these two songs, mm-hmm. and they never listen to the other ones again. So yeah, they're not giving them a chance. 
Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you only give them one, they have no other choice, but to like, here you got, you got this one song, like burn yeah. it out or don't, you know? Right. I like that though. I, I, I kind of, I kind of like the new way of music being released. It's it's definitely different, obviously, than growing up and buying her. But there is also something to be said about buying a record and listening to it from front to back and yeah. knowing that you chose this song as number three because it there's a reason. Which it's I mean, I guess through pain at the wall, you know, you can still do that. Like I was saying, you know, after you release them all, then you mm. you 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 package them all as the album. Uh-huh. So then. You know, when you look back on it two years from now, all those singles disappear from Spotify. And the only thing that's left is the record. Right. And then it's the way the list of however you want to set it up as far as track yeah. listing goes. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. So, well, I can't wait to hear, you know, the newer stuff if, that you have coming out because what you're doing right now is dope. I really, really oh, like thanks, it. Man. Thanks, yeah, so, and thank you both so much for doing this. And Aaron, thank you for coming back. Round two. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us. This has been great. Um, I have one more question for you before I let you go. Um, Aaron's answered this, but I want to get another answer from him. Maybe he won't say the same thing. Uh, if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, Nick, go for it. I, I think that's the <laughs> last time with you, right? Advice for aspiring artists. Um, I would say just, you know, practice your craft. Um <laughs> You know, strive, strive to do something different. Try to do something that's not, you know, try to break from the pack, I guess, a little bit. Um, you know, and then the, the other thing is learn all these different tools that are part of the music business now. Um, you know, whether it be social media or video editing or <laughs> Photoshop. There's all, you know, it's it's so much different than just being a musician now you know it's you have to wear many different hats these days to uh you know to get out there and to be competitive with, with other people so you know i guess what i'm saying is just don't just don't hang out and drink beer and smoke weed and play guitar and be like yeah i'm doing it <laughs> i'm out i'm out <laughs> yeah. it is it is totally different than when nick and i started it's really like um businessy it's like fuck i gotta be i gotta be you know the art director the musician the promoter the booking agent, like all this shit for less money <laughs> or, or no money it's like it's there are i mean but there's days where you're like what the fuck is, is what are we doing because it's it when we started you were just the musician yeah and and other folks helped you out and you know gravitated around you know made your little inner circle and and now it's like there's just not the money to go around for all that stuff so musicians have become like all those things all in one but in my opinion it 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 water it makes the music not as good because just because there's not enough hours in the day to like focus on that and stuff um, I do think to what he just said, it does curtail some of the nonsense of like partying and drinking and fucking off because like, it's like, all right, let's get down. Yeah. You can't do that now. It's you not know, yeah, that kind of that. 
those lives, like, you know, poor lifestyle choices that a lot of musicians used to do kind of, it doesn't really cut the mustard these days. It's that's like backstage at a rock show now is like right, dudes, uh, dudes on their laptops, and you know, and like doing this, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just it's, different. It's I think completely that different. Way, it's, it's, you know, that's a positive change, but there's a lot. I don't know, dude. Bring back 1987, (laughs) dude. Fucking whiskey, fast cars. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I signed up for. Not fucking video (laughs) editing. (laughs) Right. Right. But yeah, yeah, it's so different, but I mean, it, it, See, like Nick and I were on that cusp of when all this shit changed. So for us, you know, like they can be really frustrating. But I think for if you're 20 years old and that's just the way it's always been, you don't know any different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, right. So like Robert Plant walking out of the jumbo jet with Zeppelin on the side of it. It's like those days are kind of gone, I guess, you know. Unless you're like a huge pop star or something, but even them, like I don't think they have jumbo jets. You know, like I don't pop stars. Yeah, I just think Billy Eilish. I don't. I don't. I don't don't know. Maybe (laughs) Taylor Swift, maybe or Drake. I I I don't know. Right. You you don't see them. You don't really see them fly. I mean, back in the day, like you said, you know, like there was Led Zeppelin was on the the side of the plane. Aerosmith right on the side of the plane. Yeah. But it also changed with the, I think, with the internet though and streaming, like they're not getting the money that they used to be able to get. Because now you can get any record you want and stream it on Spotify, right? And like you don't have to go physically buy it for 12, 13 bucks. Yeah, but the the new angle is a lot of those concerts because the the tickets. So like once that shit, you can, I bet you if you showed a graph of like, when when streaming and 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 free stuff came in on the internet and concert sales, the like the tickets prices a thousand dollars a ticket. I guarantee oh, sure. I guarantee that that graph when this one went down, the, the ticket prices went up exactly in the opposite direction. Because now I mean it's insane what you pay, you know. That's a great yeah, point. I, mean, I took my son to see Metallica and I think it was like four thousand dollars. No, <laughs> one million. million. No, I think it was four hundred bucks a piece or something like that, which, Jeez. you know, that's Metallica. That's so worth it. <laughs> still, though, man, like, I don't know. Like, I'm an artist and I, I wouldn't pay four hundred dollars to go see somebody play. It's just. Right, That's but I'm fucking my, much. <laughs> I know, but my point is, is because the album sales went away, they were just like, "Well, fuck it." Now the ticket prices are. We have to find. Yeah. We have right. to like. You can't blame them. I mean, you can't. No. You can't blame them. But, but you would have. But before in the nineties, you would have. There was no four hundred dollar concert concert tickets that I'm aware of, unless it was like you know Barbara Streisand or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean the thing it does though too. Like I think that hurts everything because I mean you used to be able to like go to a concert on a whim. You know, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, so and so is playing. Let's go grab a case of beer and hop in the car, and you'd yeah. go there and with your buddies, and and right. you'd be seeing a concert. You can buy a ticket at the door, right? For 10 bucks or 12 bucks. Now it's like you have to get in the internet and 
service and, and, and you that. have to take yeah you got to take work off you have to you know get a hotel beers are are 40 dollars. you know what i mean so it's like i don't know it, I, that whole commercialization of it i think is kind of hurt music in the sense of well, I guess there's, the, there's more people going than ever. So I don't know if it's hurting it, but it, it, it certainly marginalized like the little guys. It's I, I've been joking a lot lately. It's like, it seems like you're either the little like acoustic guy in the corner or fucking Metallica in the stadium. Like there's no, there's no middle class, so to speak of the music business left anymore. It's either like, small and local yokel or fucking huge there's like no even the venues are going away especially since covid oh yeah all those like middle middle level kind of smaller venues where you could go pay 10 bucks to see a cool band it's like all going away Mm -hmm. it's it's tough it's really tough to not you know the bigger bands keep getting bigger um you know and i don't know it's just it's weird Yeah, I know. It's I, I feel real bad for a lot of those smaller venues that just couldn't couldn't hack it through COVID. And it's like some of the best venues in the country, I'm sure, yeah, aren't yeah. going to be around anymore. But, Especially like the two, three, four hundred seaters that right. banked on those shows every week. Yeah, mm-hmm. sucks. But I know the big one in San Diego is a Casbah, and it survived, and I was stoked on that. And nice. But now that I moved to Nashville, I, don't, I haven't even had a chance to go see a show. Like we walked downtown through like, you know, Broadway, which is like, you know, I'm the Vegas strip of Nashville. And there's people playing in all the in all the bars yeah. and the honky tonks. But right. if you have to go to like an actual show, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not even sure what's around anymore. <laughs> 